Detroit's winning streak stops at four as the Tigers lose to the Rays today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Lockdown Tigers podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, May 18th, 2022. That is the date, right? Yeah, May 18th. Yeah. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out on the tube if you haven't already. Uh, the Tigers drop Tuesday night's game in the trop. Uh, to the Rays, 8-1. to Kind of let that one get away from us. Uh, I'm going to say this at the beginning before we get into the rest of the show, and then I'm probably going to end the show with it too. This loss is not that big of a deal to me. I uh, This is not uh, – I'm, I'm not even tripping. Like, this is not that, that big of a thing. Um, here's the thing. One four straight. That's great, right? We, we can afford to drop one. You know, afford might not be the right word. I, I don't want to say afford because uh, you should never go into a game thinking, oh, we can afford to lose. Uh, but in, in the grand scheme of th- things, 162-game season, you're not going 162-0. and um, So you, you came in one in four, and what we're going to talk about it later, Shane McCallahan is the truth. Uh, if you didn't know who he was going into this game, or maybe you were just kind of unfamiliar with him, uh, dude is ridiculously good. Uh, is one of the best pitchers in all of baseball currently, uh, and, and is set to health permitting have have a fantastic year this year for Tampa. Um, so, dropping one game to the Rays. Uh, I know it was ugly, and we're going to talk about how it was ugly, and I just want to say this at the beginning to get it all out of the way so that when we do talk about how ugly and brutal this game was, I, I can already have said my piece about, like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, talk about how bad this was, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not losing sleep over this game. This, does not, this loss does not really bother me at all. Uh, you're At the end of the day, you're setting yourself up to win a series against Tampa on the road going into game three. Uh, a week ago, if you would have told me that, uh, I probably would have told you, okay, well, we're losing the one to McClanahan, and I'll, and I'll gladly take Erod being our be, being the uh, being the pitcher on our third day. So um, I, I'm going to take this situation that we've set up for ourselves. And uh, again, so just wanted to start the show with that. It's, a, it's an ugly loss. It absolutely is an ugly loss, and we're going to talk about it. Don't worry. But in the grand scheme of, of the season situationally, not, not losing sleep over it. I think it was Tommy Lasorda. I think it was Lasorda. Had a quote. Had, had a Well, I don't know if it's his quote originally, but his old adage was always, every single team, no, no matter how good you are, you're going to lose a third of your games. No matter how bad you are, you're going to win a third of your games. It's what you do in the other third that determines what kind of season you're going to have. And obviously there's a couple of outliers in there because 
your, uh, your your Detroit Tigers themselves just in my lifetime have have <laughs> been in the 40s in the win total uh, uh, multiple times, which is sad in, in my 24 years on the planet. Um, so something like that. <laughs> uh, so it's just something to keep in mind. It's it's really like I said, this loss not that big of a deal to me. That's all. Let's talk about it, though, because there are a lot of individual performances to take from it, and there's a lot of things to take from it, even though the the game will always mean something to me, and what happens within the game always matters no matter what. But the L and the win-loss column is just the part that uh, I'm not losing sleep over on this one. Um, Let's start with – well, I guess we can start with the offense. We can just get that out of the way. like I said in the beginning, Shane McCallahan is unreal. One run, seven hits for your Detroit Tigers. Uh, McClanahan ends with seven innings, four hits, one run, zero walks, and seven strikeouts. The dude is unbelievable. Like I said, if, if, if you don't know, now you know. That, that's the kind of thing. 18 whiffs, seven Ks, uh, all that on 90 pitches. Got about a 2-3 ERA now, I believe, after that start. Um, stuff is just ridiculous. His curveball, I'm pretty sure, is in the 2800s for RPMs. When you're talking about spin rate, I'm pretty sure it's in about 2800, which is ridiculous. Uh, for those who are, are familiar with spin rate, once you start getting into the mid, and, and especially once you start getting into the high 2000s, that's really high. And uh, yeah, 2800, really high, and honestly. Last year, I'm pretty sure it was even higher. So there you go. Uh, that, that's who we were dealing with. And then he's going to have a fantastic year. He's already had a fantastic year. And uh, if, if there was ever a game that we were going to drop, given how our offense has played this season, if there was ever a game that uh, was going to end this winning streak, it was always going to be this one. So maybe that's why I'm not like freaking out about getting blown out. Just like not not that I expected to lose by seven, right? Uh, but like the pitching's been really good this year. We'll talk about it, um, and I, I don't expect to give up eight runs every night. And I'm not sure I ever really expected to tee off on McClanahan. That's really what it comes down to. So, um, all I mean, if we want to talk about the people that did, like Robbie Grossman, have a couple having a couple of hits is great. That's fantastic. He, uh, he he's been struggling lately. On anything that doesn't result in a walk, he's been really laboring. So it's nice to see him get a couple of hits. One was uh, with two strikes on him and um, with two men on. So that that was really nice. Um, Willie Castro goes over. Probably about time for that to start coming back down to earth. His OPS is now 768. I think, what did we say? Just yesterday was 820-something, so... That shows you how little, how few at-bats he's had on the year that his OPS is changing that dramatically from game to game. Um, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the lineup looks like tomorrow, today as you're listening to this. It'll be interesting to see uh, what what Willie, where Willie slots in. I'd imagine you still got to put him in there, but maybe you just don't bet him too. Uh, but also you have Javi behind him who's, who's really struggling and, and has been for – the last three weeks, Javi's been been really struggling at the plate. Did have a nice hard contact single um, in this one, which was 
nice, but it was kind of at the end of the game when we were all kind of like, oh, whatever. And we're going to bring back a, a theme from the entire season so far. When we talk about extra base hits, we had one run. Guess how many extra base hits we had? Drum roll, please. Say your answer out loud. If you said that Jamer Candelario Homer was the only extra base hit in this game, you would be absolutely correct. We had seven hits, six singles, and a home run. It's really incredible. Singles set up run production from extra base hits after them, behind them. You're not going to win in 2022 only hitting singles. It's not going to happen. Not how baseball is played anymore. I'm sorry. But it's reality. You got to hit extra base hits. You you, you got to drive the ball. You got to hit the ball deep and drive runners in. You, you, you can't play station to station anymore for a full season and expect to win a lot of games. And the one, only run that, that we scored was responsible uh was responsible via the only run we scored was via our only extra base hit that's what i was trying to say so just a reoccurring theme that we've been going through all year again really really good pitching on the other side uh not only that but their bullpen like everybody knows the rays joke of just like the the (laughs) these randomly fine dudes that no one's ever heard of and and they just come in and throw a hundred with crazy movement like they, they have a, a, a pitching factory over there. Um, so going from McClanahan to the Rays bullpen is always going to be an incredibly difficult game to win. Now, the pitching was not great either today, which is not a reoccurring theme like the offense, which is why the offense, I think, is going to get a little bit more heat, right? Like, I, I don't want to be like, oh, like the offense sucked and they like that's horrible. And the pitching sucked, but like they get a free pass. But when you look at reputation of the season, that that hasn't been the case. The offense has been pretty brutal all year. And even during this win streak, really, I, I mean, they had the six-run game. But, uh, I, I mean, besides that, it's still like three, two, three, four-run games. Like, we, we need more offense. And, and the pitching has been really good top to bottoms rotation and bullpen all year. So I, I'm sorry that they're going to get kind of like favorite child tr- treatment, but they are uh, for the time being. Okay. Does not mean that it still was not an ugly game. It does not mean that there was a lot of things that I noticed that I did not like. However, in the grand scheme of things, again, not, not losing sleep over this game too much. It's going to happen. Um, so, we will that's really it for the offense. I mean, like nothing really happened. Jamer had the homer, that's great. He, he's been swinging a hot stick the last couple of weeks. Maybe not like stats wise, but he just looks way better. Uh, his batted ball date is way better the last couple of weeks than it was at the beginning of the year. Eric Haas over again, uh, really struggling on the year. I wonder how long of a leash Eric Haas has. I wonder how long of a leash a lot of these dudes have. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, uh, we're not. We had a a Torkelson conversation a couple of episodes ago. We'll hold off maybe later in the week until we bring that back up. Um, But he he went, uh, he he had a hit today. So that was kind of nice to see at least. Really, I I mean, John in the scope had a hit. That's that's good. It it really is. I, I do wonder, especially 
like Garneau is still in the organization, but like, we, like weird, like forty man situation now. I don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting. Rogers doesn't isn't ready anytime soon. Uh, so I, I wonder if Haas is just kind of like, you're just going to have a, a free pass as long as you're healthy. It's just cool. Um, or if we're going to maybe put his performance under a microscope a little bit more. But um, with the way, you know, going into the season, it was all the catcher situation was Barnard's going to be the good defensive catcher and, uh, and, and Haas is going to be the good offensive catcher. And Haas, outside of opening day, uh, I mean, yeah, that was one at bat, so that's not even really, like, fair. It, it just, in general, has, has really struggled this year at the plate. Uh, and Barnhart, especially the last three weeks as a whole, at least has been hitting for a decent average, putting the ball in play. Um, had that RBI double, what, last week? I mean, he's been uh, sizably better than Eric Haas at the dish. Uh, and neither of them have been, like, gold glove caliber behind the plate, p- plate but Barnhart has certainly been better than Haas. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what, what situation Eric Haas, Haas continues to play himself into. Um, I think that's it for the offense. Yeah, not not really too much else to say. Just went up against one of the best pitchers in the sport. Didn't weren't able to drive the ball. That's gonna not lead you to too many victories. So uh, let's focus on tomorrow day game tomorrow series finale and uh, just just short memory this one. That's about all we can ask for. Let's get into the pitching because there was a lot on the pitching side that I do want to discuss. But first, I got to tell y'all about linked. In with spring in the air, it's a time of renewal and growth personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That is a boatload of people then add your job to the purple hiring frame to your linkedin profile and spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire simple tools like screening questions make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire that's why small business rate linkedin jobs the number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two. At Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your next listen Locked On Now. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Let's discuss the pitching because this eight runs, not great. And the bullpen. I guess we can just kind of knock the bullpen out really quickly. Like Joe Jimenez pitched five pitches, one out. Sure. Uh, Will Vest. Will Vest. Actually, we're going to go Jason Foley first. I thought Jason Foley looked really good 
and I was impressed, which is, again, it, it's just fascinating to me because um, when he, before he got sent down earlier this year, I, I was th- I said on the show, we talked about it, right? I was like, I don't understand. Like last year, I was really impressed by Foley stuff. And this year, I'm just not. That has changed. I, I think that uh, it's the velocity is up quite a lot from what it was earlier in the season. Um, relatively speaking, I guess, quite a lot. And uh, I mean, the movement seemed a lot better. I, I've been a lot more impressed. He didn't pitch uh, lights out, but it was a perfect one and two thirds. So can't ask for too much more. I thought Jason Foley looked pretty solid. I also love going to him there. I thought that was the perfect person to put into that game, given the score and everything. Um, that that's a guy that you want to pitch in those situations to to build his confidence up and and uh, and see what you got in him. So really like the move to go to him right out of the pen. Only person left in the bullpen will vest right. Uh, we talked about this literally yesterday. This is why you don't make brash decisions. And this is why we have to take every decision with a grain of salt. Um, That was not the right analogy at all. This is why you have to, yeah, like I said at the beginning, you can't be too brash. You can't just make decision, make decision, make decision. You can't just just change everybody's roles all the time. Uh, Because I swear, if, if you're on Twitter, Every time anyone give anyone in this bullpen gives up a run, it's like, oh well, like they suck now, and we're on to the next person that can be the closer. Like, like you know, it was all Gregory Soto for most of, of the first month of the season, um, and somewhat rightfully so, his command was all over the place and had a really hard time dialing in. Then the last, what, week and a half, Michael Fulmer's been giving up a lot more hits and been giving up some runs. So people are like, oh, well, we can't be Fulmer now. Uh, you know, he pitched in like four games. And it was like, nope, Fulmer can't be the closer now. And then Will Vest closed out one game, literally his first career save. Uh, and he has looked good all year. His ERA is is now two two five after this game. But going in today, it was like a sub 1-4 or whatever. Like, he has been phenomenal. Um. And everybody's like, okay, well, now we all want Will Vest to be the closer. And because, like, it can't be Fulmer and it can't be Soto, so now we're going to go to Will Vest. And then he gives up two runs this game, and everybody's like, oh, well, now I want it to be so. (laughs) This is why. This is why we we can't just change everybody's roles every two seconds. This is why we, we can't call people up and send people down after, you know, three games of looking bad everything's fine. Everything's fine. He gave up two runs in a game that we were comfortably losing and comfortably lost. It's, it's really okay. The Rays are also a damn good ball club. Let's not forget. That's uh, I know their offensive numbers. When you look at them, you're kind of like, ew, like how is this team that good? They're good. Okay. They're the Rays. They figure it out. So not a hit piece on Will Vest at all. Not a hit piece on the fan base at all. All I'm saying is, Everybody has their roles, and this is exactly why AJ Hinch has continued to say, "No, that like everybody's role is still what everybody's role is," because you can't just change your mind every single time someone gives up a run. You can't change your opinion on them. Mariana Rivera didn't retire with a zero ERA, and yet he's the first unanimous Hall of Famer in the history of baseball. Okay. 
dude blew a save in the World Series. <laughs> it was a blooper. Kind of a lame walk-off. Sorry, Diamondbacks fans. But he did. All right? So, just, it's going to be all right. I, I like going to Vest there, too. They pulled him after 25 pitches. Kind of a pitch count thing, it sounded like. At least they were talking about that on, on the Bally broadcast. Uh, so, take that as you will. Um, but it, it kind of does make sense. Uh, but after not pitching the day before and, and Ben spotty sense his save, I, I like giving, getting him some work and then like getting Joe some work too. So I like the managerial decisions on who they brought out after brisky, uh, because given the situation of the game, full support of all that, let's get into Bo himself. Let's get into the star. We'll end the show on that first though. I got to tell y'all about built bar. Okay. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like eating a birthday cake puff from Built. They sent, I said this yesterday, uh, but I'm going to say it again. They sent all the hosts a box of these things and they, I am nuts about them. They're so good. It's I would say, I think I said this yesterday too, I would say it's dangerous. Like I would call it dangerous, except they're actually good for you. So I don't even have to like feel bad about the fact that I'm just scarfing these things down. Uh, I've had them for breakfast, had them for a, a snack, had them like as a post-lunch thing. I eat them after workouts. Like I am going through these like no other uh, because they're incredible. The birthday cake puffs. Unbelievable. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, only nine grams of sugar. It's a limited time flavor, and it's an amazing option if you are looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. Can confirm. It definitely checks all of those boxes. Uh, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, which means that with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So go to Built.com to get your birthday cake puffs now. You can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. Of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked On Tigers. Let's talk about Bo Brisky. Not a great day at the office. Uh, the first start that he really, as far as runs given up wise, that he's kind of really been roughed up. Um, the thing with Brisky that has been the theme ever since he got called up that will continue to be the theme is he needs more. He needs a, a, a true swing and miss secondary pitch. Um, it, it's actually really fascinating. He, he ended this game with, believe it or not, 11 whiffs, which is not a ridiculously high number, but given how much the ball was put in play ball was put in play 22 times just Bo Brisky put off of Bo Brisky I should say so in five and one thirds the first five and a third of this game ball was put in play 22 times and fouled off 17 times that is a very high number that's almost 40 balls made contact with right um, that math checks out, right? Yeah. Seven, one. Yeah. F almost 40, 39. So he just needs a, a, a more of a, a true swing and miss type of pitch because the four seam was whiffed on 10 times this game. 
who was fouled off 14 times, put in play 11 times, whiffed on 10. The CSW percentage of the four seam alone was 27%. On the game as a whole, it was 26%. Um, Like solid numbers there. And and the average exit VLO, it got cranked the one time, right? The 108 mile an hour moonshot. But I mean, the average was 93. I mean, not great. That's high, but it's not the worst thing in the world, I guess. Uh, His average for the whole game was just above 90. So, the whiffs outside of the four seam for the you math whizzes at home that have already figured out. I said eleven earlier, and four of them, or in ten of them rather, were on the four seam. Uh, so one whiff on a non four seam fastball, and he throws a changeup, a slider, a sinker, and a curveball, according to Baseball Savant in this game. Um, you got to have more swing and misses there, and he had four strikeouts. Um, we, we've seen performances this year with less. So it, it really just, that's, for me, that's what a lot of this comes down to. I mean, five and a third, nine hits, six earned runs, one walk and four Ks. I don't expect him to walk too many. Um, but it, even in his last couple of starts that he's kind of tight roped out of danger in, it's been a lot of deep, like in Houston, we all remember he had a lot of deep fly balls to the warning track and, and like deep into the outfield. And Minute Maid Park is is basically a Little League park. So, you know, maybe in Comerica, those would have looked a little more routine. But um, still, uh, you know, it, that that plays. And uh, that that is something that, that he is going to have to adjust to and keep an eye out for because uh, there is, in my eyes, there is, there is four different stages uh, to each pitch, right? When you're evaluating a pitch, you have a pitch that misses barrels. You have a pitch that misses bats. You have a pitch that embarrassingly misses bats. And you have a pitch that hits barrels, right? So you have two extremes, just a flat pitch that is going to get cranked and hits barrels and people can square it up and it goes a long way. Not an effective pitch. You have a pitch that is more of a pitch to contact, but it misses barrels and induces weak contact. Then you have pitch that gets a swing and a miss. And then you have crazy movement pitches like McClanahan, honestly, uh, that make you miss and you look like, you know, the video goes viral because you swung at a pitch that was two feet out of the zone. Brisky, a lot of his stuff at the moment seems to be playing to missing barrels. And that's a dangerous thing to kind of tightrope on. I've used that analogy twice today. It's a dangerous kind of thing to, to, to balance on because eventually you're, you're not going to miss a barrel with it, especially this early on in your career that you're just, you're going to get rocked Sometimes it's going to happen just in general, no matter who you are. But when, when, it is so inconsistently he, he's inconsistent with with his whiffs and inconsistent with being able to get a whiff whenever he wants and that is something that he's definitely going to need to continue to develop now in the minors the changeup was a really solid pitch for that and i do believe that it can play as that have that role at the major league level I truly do. I believe in Bo Brisk. I think he he can be a really solid starter at this level. 
um, if, uh, if, he, if he reaches his ceiling. But for right now, like I said, it's one start. It was bound to happen eventually because people were hitting him pretty far and were squaring him up decently. Balls were kind of just being kept in the park. Uh, even today, early on, you know, before it kind of the, the doors kind of got blown off there. What was that? The fifth inning that uh, the, that the, the race scored three in even the first three innings. I, I know they scored two runs anyway, but there were still some balls that were hit pretty, pretty hard and, and pretty far. So just that's the next stage in his development. And, and we've seen this before with people that have gotten called up under fetter, right? You start off by just pounding the strike zone. You will not beat yourself. You will throw strikes. You will not walk batters. You will not be a rookie that, that beats yourself. The the best hitters ever, right? That's like the old adage. The best hitters ever are still failures. Like 70% of the time. That's, that's, that's his adage. That's his motto. Just go pound the strike zone. See what happens. This was just a game where that finally caught up to him. Doesn't have um, a lot of, uh, I mean, again, 11 whiffs is not some like horrible number. That's pretty solid actually for five and a third. Um, but when you're getting those whiffs and, and in what situations and in what counts, you need to be able to induce them kind of on command, to be honest with you. Like it's pretty important to just be able to have a pitch that you can go on there and say, okay, I need a swing and a miss very badly. Let's throw this pitch, and that's what's about to happen. And right now he lacks that because the four-seam fastball, I promise you, is is not going to be a 10-plus a whiff pitch in five innings for uh, the remainder of this season and for the remainder of his career. Uh, well, career, that's way too broad of a scope, but that's not fair to say. For the remainder of this season, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be able to go out there and get double-digit whiffs on a four-seam fastball. It's not going to happen. So that's the next step. Secondary pitch, swing and miss stuff. That's what you need, baby. Um, I think that's about it. Like I said, uh, we're gonna. I said I was going to end the show with it. We're going to end the show with it again. Um, about 50 games, every single team is going to win, no matter how good or bad you are. About 50 games you're going to lose. Every single team, no matter how good or bad you are. It's those 62 other games that make or break your season. Um, this one, and I, this is not an excuse for the first month. I'm, I'm not broadening my scope to this. This is just so before somebody goes, oh, well, we already burned through 20-whatever of those losses. I know. That's not okay. I agree with you. Just talking about one day. Just talking about Tuesday, May 17th. That's the only that that's my scope of this quote. That that's all I'm looking at. Uh this is this this was gonna be a very tough game always. It was always gonna be a really, really tough game. Count your losses. You go out and you win game three with Erod on the bump. You go out and and you win a series against the Rays. Everybody forgets about Tuesday's game and nobody really cares about it. So let's go do that. Let's go make nobody care about this loss. That's what I want. I, I want a week from now, nobody to even remember that this game happened. Let's go win. Let's go win today, baby. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Lockdown MLB host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's freely available wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it for me. Um, 
Hope you all have a great day. Day game on Wednesday, I believe, right? One o'clock. Let me check really quick before I send you on your way. Do, 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 do. Yeah, one o'clock. All right. So we will know. Uh, we will know. What does that even mean? What are you saying, dude? We will uh, we, we, we will have the series wrap up on Wednesday. And then Thursday is our first off day in like a month. And I've been sitting on this Cody Clemens interview for like two weeks. But I don't have time to actually play it because I have to recap every game. So on the off day, you will get my interview with Cody Clemens. It did happen. It is already done. It's all recorded. It's all edited. It's all produced, ready to roll. Literally just have to get to the off day. So that'll be super fun. Really, really cool dude. Uh, Talked about his success so far this season, what he's been doing. Talked about his come up in his college career, just his pro career in general. Uh, Talked about the independent league that he pretty much created, like that him and his family just started uh, in Texas during the COVID 2020 year because there was no minor league season. Uh, talked about what it was like knowing that he was going to make the 40 man and the Tigers were going to purchase his contract, uh, what the future holds, all that good stuff, all that good stuff. It was a really fun interview. He's a cool dude. Okay. Tomorrow though, we got a game recap. Let's go win a series, baby. Peace and love going to therapy's dope and I'll catch you all that. Go Tigers.